What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. If you want to help support this podcast in a free way, you can go ahead and hit subscribe on the iTunes. Uh, click five stars, rate and review. And by subscribing, you will find the newest episodes in your feed without having to go find them. They will just pop up there automatically. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel that features in-studio performances and uh, live performances as well as a short documentary on Portland, Oregon band Tribe Mars, Move Through You, a film about Tribe Mars. So check all that out. You can subscribe there as well. DanCablePresents.com is the central place to find everything as, as well as the, uh, the newest episode of the podcast. And uh, we got a we got a very cool podcast here, um, featuring one of the the baddest bands in the land. We got uh, Adam Castaneda on the show, the bass player for the Sufferers. Uh, very cool chat with Adam, and uh, I had not seen the Sufferers before. And a couple years ago, I was exposed to them. And they've been on my radar ever since and always got the sense that they would be a very great live band to see. But uh, the performance that I saw just this past Friday at Mississippi Studios here in Portland was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. You don't walk away from a Suffer show not feeling better than you did when you walked into that show and uh the band is unreal the musicianship is is so solid and and so much fun and then you have cam franklin at the helm of this thing and and cam is is just so powerful and her storytelling throughout the show is is so cool and just makes it so intimate and just really brings everybody in and and makes everybody feel real good and then they play these killer tunes and the and the set was just so amazing and i don't know i just i just left feeling so full and uh i felt like i had this smile on my face um from the time that they went on or even before while they're all geeking out on stage their intro music is outcast they come onto the stage listening to outcast they vibe out they do their thing and then they get into their set so before the even the set is even started there's a big smile on my face and and i felt like that that never left that's that smile stayed there and um yeah, just just an amazing show. I I can't recommend seeing this band live enough. Their record, they have a self-titled record that's been out for a couple years now, and the record is amazing and I talked to Adam a little bit about the energy that was captured on that that album. But there's just no way that you get the same experience without seeing this live show. It's it's quite amazing. They're they're on tour all over the states. Um, so just, so check out the website. I've included it in the, uh, episode notes. They're playing all over. So tons of opportunities to see the sufferers. And, uh, I only got to, to talk with Adam on the mics and it was a, it was a great talk, but I, I also got to meet a lot of the players in the band, both before and after the performance. And not only are they unreal musicians, uh, they were also all very incredibly kind so um it's always uh it's always a big win when when not only you get to uh 
experience this band's music, but then also find out that they're really good people that you would want to hang out with elsewhere is uh, a very good feeling to to walk away with. So uh, thank you to to all of the sufferers. And thanks to, to Soshi, who made communication possible and responded to me about wanting to uh, sit down with some of the band or whoever wanted to participate in the conversation. I always got to um, have a way in. So thanks to Soshi for making that happen and connecting Adam and I. And uh, we had a cool chat there at Mississippi Studios before their before their show, and always gracious of a musician to that's touring around the country to take the time before their sets because they definitely have um, usually pretty intense schedules and don't have a, lo- a whole lot of downtime before or in between sound check and and the actual show. So much appreciated, and uh, not only did I get to talk to Adam before the show. Then I got to see the band perform, and and they they took me to church. Adam and I talked a little bit about uh, how music can be a very like religious experience and whatnot, and and uh, I told him how my my records have have kind of become my scriptures, and I'm stoked to to add the suffer self titled uh, vinyl into my into my collection, and uh, yeah, they they truly did take everyone in that room to to a special place and it was it was very amazing i don't even think you're ready for this episode i don't think you're ready for the tunes that we're going to play during this this uh this episode you're not you're not quite ready and because you're not quite ready i'm just going to tell you about a couple uh upcoming local dates here in portland just wanted to uh shout out pretty gritty um the guests of last week's episode are playing their release show on march 29th over there at the Mission Theater with Fox and Bones and Those Willows. Very cool show. And then also on April 13th at the Fixin' 2, the Get Ahead with Brother Not Brother, formerly Hammerhead, and Ezra Bell. And if you're, uh, if you're looking to get crazy, if you're looking to get wet this weekend on uh, Saturday, March 24th, the Pariahs, the guests from episode 100, they are they're dropping their EP over there at Mississippi Pizza that night. So, The Pariahs on Saturday, 324 research and development, also part of the show. Um, that's going that's going down at about nine o'clock there, and uh, that's where you can find me on Saturday night because The Pariahs put on one of the best shows in town, and uh, people should go out and support this big uh this big release night for them so all right you ready are you ready for it are you ready for my conversation with adam castaneda bass player for the sufferers uh we're gonna kick it off with a tune from uh the sufferers self-titled album which you can find all over the internets um this is this is the first track off the record and without further ado this is make some room Thank you. 
thing adam yeah man how you doing i am doing quite well i'm uh good good super super grateful to sit down and talk with you to, today same here man thanks for uh, having me yeah absolutely i um i found out about the sufferers i was cruising cruising in the car with a friend and uh she put on this song called make some room and yeah. i was like what <laughs> the fuck is this like i just immediately Super drawn in and just kind of dove deep on it and cool, instantly kind of got some Marvin Gaye vibes out of out of that particular song and I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, just uh just everything about it just just grabbed me very quickly. Um but yeah, you guys you guys come from Houston, Texas? Yes, sir. Yeah. All of us. When when did uh when did this thing start? How did how did the sufferers come together? So we started in 2011, and uh, we had all kind of been playing in bands around Houston for for a long time together, in, in different configurations. We, we knew each other from from the scene. It was, it, at the time, it was mostly punk and ska, a uh, little reggae and stuff like that. Um, but you know, most of us were in other bands at the time doing other things, and um, one night I was sitting around with Pat Kelly, our keyboard player, and we just decided, you know, it'd be really cool if we had another band on, on top of them all that had, uh, you know, the, the people that we really wanted, kind of like to say, you know, of all the, all the people we know, like who would be cool to get together and say, you know, that trumpet player with that drummer with that guitarist, you know, and down the line, you know, and, um, and that's kind of how The Suffers was, was born. 
we just we, we put together a list and started making phone calls and uh within a couple of weeks we we had pretty darn close to this lineup so we, we've we've stayed pretty consistent we, we've lost a couple but uh we've, we've stayed pretty consistent the whole way yeah i would imagine with the band this large right it's, it's uh can be difficult sometimes to keep everybody on board and yeah i uh, mean we started with 10 we're, we're eight now but uh yeah we're we're, uh, we're we're blessed to stay together yeah what what is it uh what's it like managing a band with that many people in it as far as communication and and stuff like that uh chaos sometimes <laughs> uh, i mean sometimes it's a it's sometimes it's a hive mind sometimes it's a democracy sometimes it's you know nothing <laughs> just and you know we of course i think what what's helped us last this long is we were all friends we were all friends before um you know it was it wasn't a bunch of hired guns or anything like that it was it was and we spent a long time just playing gigs around houston just for fun you know before we we made this our our day jobs um so you know we're we're like kind of like a family you know we have our ups we have our downs but we're we're a crew we're we're in it together you know so and i think i think we all kind of respect that we all want what's what's best and we although our individual ideas of that might be different and they might sometimes clash i think we all know that we're all here for the right reason and we're all we're all we're all in this to make something something good yeah and as far as fleshing out those ideas is, is it just something that constantly has to be talked about and so so that everybody does understand the game plan and as much as possible i mean that's you know it's it's like with with any endeavor with eight people plus you know we have we have our team too we have you know people that help us out along the way and you know with that many people and that many ideas of 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 art or a company or anything media it's you know with that many that many inputs, you know, it, it, you have to talk about it and you have to kind of, you have to realize your thoughts to other people too. Yeah, for sure. And I would also imagine with, with this type of band, I've not, I've yet to see the sufferers live and I'm super excited for tonight. Yeah. Cause I, I think awesome. Mississippi studios is one of the best venues. It's one of my favorites country. in the whole country. Yeah. For <laughs> All <sure>. right, cool. <laughs> um, and I would imagine the other thing that keeps it together is, just this respect that you have for one another as far as the musicianship in this band i would i would assume is is at such a high level to oh totally totally i mean you know we when we put together the band or you know started to come up with the names that we wanted it was like you know it wasn't just a matter of who's a shredder or it wasn't that kind of thing it was like you know it was and who, who's who's cool to be in a band with because like i said we, we'd all been in bands with each other before and it was like you know they're a cool person to be in a band with they're a cool person to be on stage with, and sometimes that means, you know, they sh- they show up on time. They their gear works. They you know, they're not gonna get drunk and miss the gig or something like that you know. So and and it you know just having that respect, you know, for each other as, as far as you know as people and pe- and band members. Yeah, you know that's that's a that's a real big thing. Yeah, because after I don't know after a certain age of you know, high school bands and, and early 20s and, and whatnot, you just don't want to deal with that, exactly. that type of shit anymore. Like, you don't have no. time to to worry about the person that always forgets their a piece of their gear. Right. Or the ones that are just going to get trashed before the show. Just or after the show. Yeah. And <laughs> fuck everything up. And so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we all had, like, legit, real deal day jobs before this. Um, you know, Pat Kelly was a teacher at the time. I was a project manager at the time. Our singer Cam, she worked for an investment bank. You know, we had we had real deal shit. So, and we had, you know, we were older. You know, I think I think right now the average age of the band is around thirty two, probably thirty somewhere around there. So, so, you know, when we decided that we were going to give up those real deal jobs with health insurance and bills and all that stuff, like it, it, it had to be with people that we were like, all right, this guy's got his shit together. You know, you know, or, or she knows what she's talking about, or she's really committed, or he's really committed, or whatever it was. You know, we 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 had to have that kind of 
respect that the that the person next to me is, is going to hold up their end of it. So, and that's something that that's that's a glue that's really held us together. You know, like I said, we're not. This isn't a hired band. This is eight adults. You know, trying to make something happen. Yeah, and it just kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like everyone's in this together, so you're all taking this risk together. So yeah. So when we decided that we were going to quit our jobs and and like and do this full time and there, there had to come a point where, where that had to happen because we had we had so many opportunities coming our way and we had so many so many you know just 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 things that we could do you know that we had to say look we we we, we have to tour it, it, it's basically what it came down we have to tour we we're gonna put out a record we have to tour we have to really give this an honest try we, we knew we couldn't hold a 40-hour job at home anymore that just wasn't gonna happen so when we decided to do that we had we had a meeting. We just talked it out and said, "Hey, if if one person doesn't want to do this, we won't do this. It's you know, it's all of us jump or you know, we'll stay here." And luckily, we all said, "You know, hell yeah, let's do this." Right <laughs> you on. know, and here we are, three years later. So yeah, so that was about three years about ago. Three years then ago, yeah. you guys kind of abandoned the day jobs and yeah, really. So we're still here. Jumped out. <laughs> Is that so? Has it been pretty consistent touring in that three years then, and just yeah. kind of working different markets and just trying to get as many people to come back every every time? Yeah, I mean we've hit now five continents. So wow, yes, and we've hit uh, and we've damn near every state in the union. So we have, we haven't done Alaska and Hawaii, and I don't think we've done the Dakotas. But um, yeah, so yeah, we've been touring pretty much nonstop since. You know, we, we've had some short breaks of a few weeks, maybe to you know, holidays, Christmas, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's been pretty much nonstop. Which is also the importance of just the friendships in the band in, in that respect, just because most of the time you're not playing music together, right? Like, right. It's, most of the time you're just traveling. I mean, the set's only an hour, hour and a half long, you know, and there's another there's a lot of hours to 23 fill. hours in the day. So yeah, when you're, you know, each day. You might be in the van 10, 12 hours, you know, and then you're in a hotel room for another part of it. So, yeah, you really get to know people pretty well. And, you know, when you've been on the road for a couple of months and living out of a suitcase. So yeah, absolutely. I you really get to know people. Yeah, I'd imagine there's there's <laughs> days where you guys are all having having a good time and fucking around. And I would imagine there's some days where everybody's just kind of quiet in the van doing their own thing. Maybe, absolutely. Maybe geeking out on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, Listening exactly. to some true crime podcasts. Yeah, well, well, I mean, that's, that's like kind of the cool thing about one of the benefits of having a band this big is like we're all into our own shit. And, you know, that kind of collectively, I think it makes us a little bit stronger because we're, we're, we're into different shit. So... You know, I've I've been in other bands where it was like, all right, there's everybody in this band is kind of like me, and they're kind of into the same music I'm into, and it becomes kind of this weird echo chamber of like just reinforcing your own self, your own ego, sometimes, you know. And I think it's cool that there's just different people who are into different shit, and I think that that's really a benefit. So, yeah, absolutely. Can you kind of talk about uh, like Houston as as a place that has maybe cultivated the sound that that you guys put together yeah man houston is fucking awesome yeah i've never i've never been i've cruised through texas on a road trip but i've never spent any time with houston but when i hear this music like it it does feel like it has some of that that southern comfort in it you know and and houston's it's you know it's it's one of those towns that Maybe people haven't always talked about, or you know, it hasn't been you know on the top of lists for you know in the in the past. But I think people are starting to to notice, like, hey, Houston's pretty awesome. You, which we tell people all the time, like, we're the fourth largest city in the U.S. We're just barely smaller than Chicago, and people are like, really, Houston? It's like, yes, we're that big. People don't realize that, um, and we're also one of the most diverse places in the U.S. You know, we're, we're definitely on par with all the all the other major cities, if not more so. And it's this weird weird culture down there that's that's really awesome and beautiful because we have you know Mexico to the south. We've got New Orleans just just east of us. We've got uh, we've got so many roots in like country music, blues music, jazz music, all that came through there. Um, and just being on the Gulf, I mean, you get all these Caribbean influences as well. It's a really diverse, multicultural city. And because 
the way the city was kind of put together, we don't have zoning really. So people can build whatever the fuck they want wherever they can they want to build it. So you, everything gets kind of hodgepodge together of just things that shouldn't be next to each other are next to each other, and it's all on top of each other. And it's just it's vast, it's humongous. I mean, it, I think I saw. Like our metro area is like seventeen hundred square miles or something like that. I mean, just enormous. That's like the size of London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the size of London, and that's that's Houston, you know. And it's all these different cultures. So, and and we kind of all come from different parts of the city, and different musical backgrounds. And so, although we mix a lot of genres, we're not doing that as a gimmick or anything. That's just. Mm. That's that's us. So we we call it Gulf Coast Soul. You know, it's 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 a it's a gumbo of music, and that's it's not being derivative or anything. It's just we're just saying like, look, like we, all this stuff is here because that's natural here. You can go to a bar, you can hear, you can, you know, country music, and then uh, southern hip hop, and then you know, Norteño music, and then hear a rock song, and nobody thinks that's weird. That's not abnormal to hear, you know, a UGK song and then a Celine song. Like, that's not... To us, it's kind of all the same culture. So it, it's... it's next, I think that's reflects in our music because we, we... You can call us soul, I guess, but there's a lot of other shit in there. Agreed, man. That, that makes it different. That's, and I think that's what makes Houston different. It's all those different cultures all living right next to each other. And it's... It's it's such a beautiful thing that comes together, and I hope that that our band and our music kind of represents that. Because we're, if you've never been to our shows, you'll if if you come to one of our shows, you'll realize like we are about Houston. We rep Houston as hard as we can. Because and 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 we love the city, and uh, we we try to we try to do the best we can at at showcasing, you know, what our city has to offer. Yeah, I, that's that's so cool that that diversity has informed the sound. Yeah. And I, and I think that that Gulf coast soul is such a, a cool like title for it because I think, you know, when people ask me what I'm doing tonight and I tell them I'm going to see the sufferers, if they don't know who you are, I think the simple one word genre that I would throw out there is soul music, mm -hmm. but it's such an eclectic sound and it, and there's so much more right going on. Like there, I think that's what blew me away about checking out the self-titled record. Mm -hmm. Like after I did here, make some room is that I, d I don't know. I think, I think you hear like that first track and you're like, Oh cool. This is a soul band. Mm -hmm. And then you get deeper and even right into Dutch. Like, yeah, I like instantly get the ska, the ska vibes out of the horns and stuff like that. Right. But it's also like this cool blend with the R and B. And then there's like, all this Motown and just so much yeah. stuff like and the funk going on and I don't know I'm just, I'm just such a big fan of horns so I'm I'm immediately just like drawn in like very quickly. Our trumpet player says uh, brass is class. <laughs> yeah, my my parents exposed me to that Phil Collins early in the game and the the horns from Phil. The just, no uh, jacket required. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's just all it's just all stuck with me like so much and. I don't know, and I th I think as far as like ska music being informed by that was mostly like due to punk rock, like bands like Operation Ivy, yeah, and, and totally. even more mainstream like Real Big Fish was, you know, yeah. it's, it's so we still nerd out on that kind of stuff all the time in the van. I mean, that's a lot of us, you know, although we have our own musical backgrounds that are, are maybe a bit more traditional as far as like soul or rock or jazz or blues or any of that kind of stuff. Um, in our teens all of us were fans of punk and ska music so like and that was you know from mid 90s to mid 2000s is kind of when we all kind of hit that point in our lives so yeah so we i mean we still there are times when we're blasting operation ivy yeah man, in that, the van and all screaming the lyrics you know it's, it's one of those things that 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 that's a common bond that we have you that's know? awesome man yeah that operation ivy album was was one of the first like records i got like as a same pretty young person how old are you i am uh i'll be 33 soon okay i'm 34 all right yeah I, I definitely i i had a really cool neighbor and he was a, like a couple years older than me yeah and even at like 10 years old started exposing me to all this stuff 
like Operation Ivy and and then obviously like that led to Rancid and that right. outcome the Wolves record was so big for me and and Dookie like yeah so Green Day was kind of my my intro Green Day dude. man that I don't I I go back and listen to to Dookie specifically like quite yeah. a bit and it's just right. amazing Dookie and then Insomniac like those are really big ones and I remember when I got Dookie. I got the other two records, the first, the first two. Yeah. And they covered um, knowledge. Yeah, dude. And I remember seeing on the liner notes by Operation Ivy, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And I, 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 fa- I found the record. I think I found it on cassette actually, but I, I remember getting getting the the Operation Ivy record, and just like, and that was the first record because my parents listened to a lot of like Pink Floyd and Queen and. Even on the Scott side, like Madness, you know, these bands that sounded like really big and polished and it was like kind of complicated music, you know? And and if you're like a 12, 13, 14 year old trying to learn how to play bass or guitar, that's kind of intimidating stuff. Like you can't approach that. You can't just like plug in and automatically sound like Queen or anything, right? Right, right. You can't do that. Or even understand that. Right. (laughs) But when I heard the Operation Ivy record, I was like, okay, that sounds like me. And my friends, and that sounds like the shit I can play. I, I can do that. And you know, I think my friends can handle that, too. And it's like, okay, let's start a band. They started a band. Let's, let's do that, you know? That's so rad, man. Yeah. And then that led to like bands like Voodoo Glow Skulls. I don't know. Of course. Of course. I, I got to see them play a lot just because they're from my hometown. Okay. Where are you from? Uh, Corona, California, River, okay. Riverside area. And- so when I was... When I was younger, I lived first in San Diego and then closer to Anaheim, like Mission Viejo. Did you were you playing in bands out there? No, I was still a little too young for that. I was was learning, but I I wasn't in any bands. Okay, so I moved out of there when I was fourteen. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just so cool to to hear all that stuff in your guys' music, though. You know, and and you were saying earlier that it's not gimmicky, and and it never comes across to me as that. Like it feels feels very authentic, and it's just very mind blowing to me that the sound that that comes out of you guys and and just from song to song i'm just like oh this is this has this flair and yeah it's just it's uh yet all very cohesive though yeah you know each song feels like a sufferer song right yeah i mean we don't you never want to be like well this one's the reggae one you know it's like right it's like it's <laughs> right because like, I've, I've been i've been at shows where that happens you know it's like all right well this is this one and it's like okay well <laughs> <laughs> um was there a lot of intent with the sound that you guys wanted to create when you were putting kind of that list together of players so actually when we first started um it was it was to be a cover band that played it sounds so strange to even say it out loud these days. But uh, to, to play, it was supposed to be a cover band that played reggae versions of pop songs. <laughs> Some like UB40 shit. Sort of. Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of like how Labor of Love was, was kind of that way. So like we would do like Bobby Brown songs. We would do like nice. David Bowie songs. We would do stuff like that. That's cool. Um, but, and it was kind of this, this I don't know, it was just a, something we could do for fun that wasn't our other bands. Because we were, like I said, we were in other bands that were also touring and playing shows around Texas and putting out records and writing songs. And this was kind of like the, this was going to be the easy one. This was the fun one, right? But we had, you know, we had songwriters and we had really good players and we had our own voice. And over time, that became its own thing. We started writing our own songs and then people liked our own songs. And then we, our set slowly became more and more of our own songs and our own originals, and so it just it kind of grew organically into this sound that we have now. So, was it also always just like kind of wanting to be a part of a band that made people want to move and dance? Yeah, like coming from bands that were like punk rock, because that's like a big part of the punk rock and like ska vibes yeah. is like people moving. Right, right. I mean, I'm, we're not out here to like impress anybody like with our technical chops. Like that's not. I don't think anybody has that that goal in mind. Um, I think we'd rather put on a good show, you know. And all of us were like show nerds. We'd, we'd go to concerts all the time, so like we saw good shows, we saw bad shows. Like, and the good shows are always the shows that like worry about the audience. Make sure the, is the audience having a good time, you know? It's like, it, was it a fun show to be at, rather than the shows where it was like, wow, that guy played guitar really awesome, you know? That, at least for me, that and I'm. Probably for most people in my band, I would, I would say it's probably the same. You know, they it's like 
that was a fun show because the audience was in on it and singing along and yeah. all sorts of stuff, you know? It's like a very communal experience. Yeah. I mean, that's what music does, right? I mean, it, it brings people together. It, it communicates ideas between people where you can say, you know, I, I, I feel that way too, you know? Yeah. It's always kind of blows my mind the, the levels that you can connect with people too. Like, sure. And, and how each genre kind of connects with people differently. Yeah, you know, I was I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of years ago and I was trying to explain like a concert, a really good concert can be like church. Absolutely. It can be like almost like religious or spiritual, you know, or I remember being at uh we played NPR's the Tiny Desk um or uh, all all songs considered they had like a birthday party and we played it a couple of years ago in in Philadelphia at the 930 Club and I remember Dan Deacon was playing and I was up on the balcony and they had like this line like in the middle where people were dancing and stuff and it kind of separated. And I remember seeing everybody all at once, just with massive bass. And I was like, oh my, this is like, this is like church right here. Yeah, man. Like these people, like nobody was, was still, every single person on that floor was moving. Yeah. And, and, and I like no inhibitions. It was just like, just go for it. And it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are like, deeply immersed in music you know like that's how, that's how they feel about it like music becomes sort of their religion in some ways and like definitely yeah. uh like my record collection at home like that those are my scriptures right like, yeah <laughs> you it know means something like, to you those are the thing yeah and from that you kind of like develop a how you approach the world and you know your own set of ethics and your own set of everything yeah absolutely no, man. music is definitely that you know cool um Let's get into a track off the the self-titled record. Cool, man. This is one of my favorite songs on the record. It's called Dutch. Dutch, cool. Yeah, here it is.
No, she so didn't. I don't have to put you quite on the spot. <laughs> but what <laughs> is it like sharing the stage with Cam Franklin? She's a powerhouse, man. She's got she's got an energy that uh that she, that's uh it's 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 one of the best I've seen in a frontman or a front woman, I guess you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, she, she she can. I mean, we've been in some situations where like crowd maybe never heard of us, like especially like festivals and things like that, where like you know maybe the crowd never heard of us, so they're not they don't really know the band or anything. Or, or just for whatever reason, they're just not, they're not feeling it. They're not, not moving. They're not pumped. And she has a way of, of making them pay attention. So it's, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Is it, do you feel like this is also an exciting time socially or politically to, to have like such a powerful woman, like fronting your band? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think diversity in general has always been really we we never we never tried to say like, you know, we need to have a woman in the band. If we need to have yeah. like a, a a this color or that color in the band, you know, it was just like when you recognize talent, you recognize talent, you know, and you recognize that somebody has a voice and somebody has a, a way of artistically expressing themselves. You say, you know, hell yeah, that's that's the person you want to have on stage, you know, and and she's definitely one of those people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I just also. I just really dig how she uses her voice also as an instrument. Yeah, for sure. With what you guys do. Yeah, and that's, you know, although there were uh, punk and ska singers that that definitely could sing, I, uh, I think, you know, she's kind of transcended that just, just a good punk or ska singer. You know, she's obviously, she's from the gospel world, you know, and she's had, and she did some like choir stuff, I remember. Um, so she's experienced in, in legit singing and she brings that level of like, of, of next level singing, you know, of, 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 this is somebody who can actually sing, you know? Yeah. And, and she, you, there's no doubt when you see her, you'll, you'll understand like she can actually sing and, and, and it's not just a great per, uh, energetic personality or magnetic personality. It's somebody who has, has, you know, they can actually back it up with, look, I know what I'm doing. I can entertain you and I can actually sing, you know, so it's, it's, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Exactly. The complete package. It's a, it's a package. Yeah. And I think her vocal dynamic is just so amazing and, yeah. and how, how she approaches each genre that you guys bring into the mix. And yeah. also just, uh, I don't know there's, there's some songs that she has the ability to just like really break your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's some of the stuff that maybe has a little more reggae vibes that are, you know, makes you smile and yeah. and, and feel full. For sure, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, what what is the the songwriting like in the band? Like, is it is it collaborative, or is it because there are so many people in the band, somebody has to kind of take the lead to make it productive? Well, well, it kind of changes song to song. Just, it just it kind of depends. Um, usually, the way it starts is somebody has some sort of idea. And that's usually the spark that kind of sets it all up. And it might be a chord progression, it might be a melody, it might be you know a, a chorus or a verse or some or something, some spark. And that's kind of brought to the band and we kind of kick it around and jam. And from there we kind of all add our little pieces to it. And it usually goes in a few different cycles because when you have eight people, all eight can't be playing at the same time for very long without it getting muddy and ugly. So there's some kind of, you have to get your idea, you have to figure out what the parts are, and then you have to kind of, I think one thing we, we've gotten better about over the past few years is editing. Like saying, okay, like, I know this part is really cool, but that can't happen the whole time. You know, like it's it's more impactful if we take out some stuff and then put it in at certain points. So, uh, and and we're all kind of good at, at at critiquing ourselves about like like maybe you should play less. You know, and and nobody takes that as an insult. It's just like to make these songs function with this many people. This is this is how it's going to be. You know, to serve the song. Right to serve the song. And, you know, or say, you know, that's a really cool lick. We're going to focus on that, but it's going to be in the later half of the song. You yeah, know, something, absolutely. something like that. So, 
Uh, it's a it's a process. You know, it's it's you know I know it works for some bands to just have the the one person that walks in and says, "Here's your song, play your part." Right. And that works for them, and that's it just doesn't work for us. You know, we're we're really not that kind of band. Um, and uh, I mean, our our process isn't the fastest, but I think it, it it's the best for us. And it is, so it seems that it is pretty collaborative if it is like different from song to song too. And, yeah. And I don't know. I think that's the vibe I've gotten from from most of the the bands that I like excel in the the musicianship seem to be the ones that do have like the honesty within the band and not afraid to say, hey, this is like maybe this part is no good, you know, <laughs> or maybe we need a little bit of less than that you know? yeah you know i think we all kind of hold each other to a high you know a high level and you know so it's like hey man i you can play something better like i, I know you can play something better you know or yeah. I, I know i know you can do that better so we, we, we come from that perspective of like you know i know you i know how good of a player you are you know you can do that really really well if you wanted to you know yeah and as far as the live show, is there any elements of improv with with soloing or anything, or is is everything so, written to the T? No, well, sort of. We there are parts that definitely need to be together, yeah. And we've kind of kind of mapped out the set where it's like the parts where it can be improv or it can be loose are these spots. So it's kind of built in where it's like, but we all need to come back together at these spots. So, so it's it's a nice balance of of a, of a polished show with the spontaneity of wherever we are, whatever we feel. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's it's a little of both. Right on. Well, I'm I'm super pumped to see you guys play tonight, Thanks, man. man. Like I said, I have I have not seen you all play yet in in the live sense. But one of the things I really dig about the self titled record is the energy that was captured on that record. Cause I think a lot of times with, you know, with like a soul record, it's, it doesn't always translate the way it does in a live sense. Right. So but when we did that record we did it mostly live. Uh, we were all in, in a room. It was, it was actually called church house studios. Cause it was an old church house. It was a big church. So it was big enough that we could all be in the same room, even the horns and vocals and it was all, all at the same time. So, a lot of that was first or second take. So essentially, what you're hearing on that record is a live album in a studio. Yeah, man, that energy comes across so cool. so yeah. fucking good. And yeah, there's just all these little percussion moments that I, yeah. that I love so much. Yeah. And like, I feel like those moments kind of introduce, you know, some of the some of the world music influences that you're totally. you were talking about being co- like close to the Gulf and everything. And it's yeah, it's just very cool and. Uh, yeah, you guys have the the most recent single is I think I love you. Yes, that's the newest one. And are you guys are you guys working on another record also uh, right now? It's it's just about finished, so uh, nice. it'll it'll be coming out this summer. Awesome. Uh, and it's going to be titled Everything Here. Um. So yeah, look out for that coming soon. Um. And yeah, man. Yeah, that was like another. You know after doing the deep dive on the on on the self-titled record and then hearing this new single it was just like you just keep putting this fresh spin on the on this thing yeah it's like we you know we like i said we've been on the road three years now so like we've got this fresh perspective and this like these different experiences to kind of draw on and evolve so i mean like what's going to be on the record is an evolution it's not doesn't mean it's like a drastic departure but it's it's i think it's it's a it's a better formed version of what we wanted to do all along so hopefully you know people really like it i think they will you know it's it's uh it's it's kind of it's it's a little bit different in that it's i think it's a better mold you know maybe the individual elements aren't as as easily called out as in to say like that's a reggae baseline or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a it's more of like it's still in there, but it's more cohesive. Let's say. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think people will like it. Yeah. I mean, 
if if I think I love you is is indicative of what the rest of the record yeah, is like. For sure, it's such a a fresh take on what you guys already do so well. And cool, uh, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, a song that I I did quite a bit, and we're gonna play it out with that one. Cool. Uh, where's the best place to keep up with the suffers? Thesuffers.com and the suffers on all socials, man. Right on, man. Appreciate um, it. We end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, uh, it's a program. So uh, if you can give us a good, it's a program, we can uh, sail this thing out. All right. It's a program. That's Adam Castaneda of the uh, Suffers. Super pumped to see you guys tonight. Thank you so much for, for taking the time in between Soundcheck and your, your set tonight. I really appreciate it, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Very, very cool to hang with you. Likewise. All right, we're going to play it out with the uh, the most recent single from The Suffers. This song is called I Think I Love You, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. It's a program.